sheets out of the way. We're good. <laughs> I was recording for that. So that's that's good. the cold open. Hell yeah. Hey everybody, welcome. You have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And this week we are rounding out our Oscars month, uh, just under the deadline. We are recording this on the 28th of February. <laughs> It'll be posting March 1st, but I'm counting it. Like we're <laughs> recording it in February, so it counts for Oscars month. It still counts. Yes, it does. Um, so we wanted to do this episode earlier, but shit happens. And it. Um, that's all we'll say about that. But we're here <laughs> now. Um and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. So we got an exciting yeah. show today. We're going to talk about last year's Oscar winner for Best Picture, uh, The Shape of Water. And then talk a little bit about the Oscars this year. Um, yeah. Because also shit happens. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm very under the weather. So I'm going to be doing my impression of the female lead of Shape of Water most of this episode and <laughs> not talk a lot. But... Um, he will have a giant uh, a single number towards the end, though. Yeah, I feel yeah, like I feel like if I had cuts in the side of my neck, I'd feel a lot better. <laughs> but maybe that's Aww. just the alternative medicine that I've been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so to start this off, I believe Ryan had never seen this. I have never seen this movie prior. Devin, to had you seen this? I had seen it um, probably about three to to four months ago. Okay. I saw yeah. this in theaters and oh. I, I need to tell this story because it's a story. Oh um, God. So I went to see this. I, it was on my birthday cause it was a free ticket. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I, I'm unemployed <laughs> and I have nothing else to do on my birthday. My wife's working. I'm going to go see shape of water because it, it was like the front runner for the Oscars and my birthday's in February or January. So it's like, I, this is, I like Guillermo del Toro. This looks good. I'm going to go check it out. So I go see a matinee at like one o'clock Ooh. in the afternoon. And you old person on a Tuesday, <laughs> one right. o'clock on an afternoon in a Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. That is old. That yeah. is old yeah. person time to see a movie. <laughs> Everyone's grandma was in the theater watching this movie with me. Okay, so, oh no. Okay. I was hoping okay, it'd be so empty. Wait. Okay, so what you're saying is that when you walked into the theater, you dropped the average age from 68 down to like 40. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Proud and it, it got awkward later on in the film when there's fish fucking. Like, you just you hear the, not the masturbating? Well, that, but... Can I say that on this show? Matt, you, you, you just did. You just did, <laughs> okay, so... Okay, I just did. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I, maybe that was the first scene, but I just remember the, the old lady's going, ooh, child. Like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, it, it was it was awkward, but I just sat there and ate my gummy bears. I'm like, eh. Yeah. yeah. I got this road to myself. I'm fine. <laughs> just going to plow through this. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, so that was fun. Man, do I wish my story was nearly that harrowing or dramatic. I watched yeah. it in my living room. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, I mean, that happens. That's how I watch most movies. But I was like, you know what? It's a free ticket. I'm by a theater. Why not? Let's go. Hell yeah. And I was by myself, too. So it's like, yeah, it started the trend of me going to the movies by myself, <laughs> which I did a lot last year. Which that is sounds fun. sad, but we're all very proud of you. Yes. Yes. I spared my wife solo. So. Oh, <laughs> um. So Ryan, since this is your first time yeah. watching it, I know going into this, you were comparing it a lot to Splash. Well, that's because how did that comparison you, hold up for you? Okay, so <laughs> first off, the comparison to Splash and all the jokes that I did was was because you told me when I asked you about Shape of Water was that it's basically the last half of Splash, like the premise of it's basically the last half, like getting the mer person out of the lab i think i did say that when we did splash yeah didn't I? Yeah. yeah so th- that's where all of the splash jokes came from was the fact that you said there was pretty much the last half of splash so it was my joke and you just ran with it yeah okay yeah so i'm giving you full credit <laughs> sounds about right <laughs> credit here. so so I, I was expecting you know the the whole lab thing so I was expecting the whole like lab thing. So that really wasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. that big of a surprise. Um, What I was surprised by, which I shouldn't have been because it's Del Toro was 
the sexuality was French, very, very French, which would make sense in all honesty. Interesting I'm, way to I'm put that. Failing to make that connection. Why? Yeah, what do you mean French? Yeah. Isn't Del Toro French? Or is he Spanish? He, he's Mexican. Mexican? Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> I did not. But I did get, no, but I did get a distinctly French vibe from this movie. Yeah, yeah I do too. Yeah. Uh, there's a movie, and I, cannot, and I cannot remember the name of it, but it came out back when I was in high school. And it's a French mm-hmm. film, and it's very popular. It's about a woman who works at a bakery. It was never translated to English. You can only get it with... Uh, uh, with uh, um, uh, uh, subtitles, and it's a very like year. Amelie, th- that right? Yeah. yeah. This movie uh, reminded me of that so much, and that's where I think I got that whole like French feeling to it. Like it was really weird. It was almost like they got like a European film crew to come over to America and film a movie set in the height of the Cold War, like make an American film. Yeah, like that. There was it was it just it came across very French to me. I I think part of that, too, is and I was going to get into this later, but you know me, I always point this out. I think part of that has to do with the soundtrack, because there's a lot of accordion in that. And it sounds very French. Yeah, I think that's it. um, I think you're right. But but, but the thing is, it's not just that, like it's the apartment. Yeah, it's the look of it. It's the fact that she's sleeping on a sofa, not a bed means it's very economy. Like she's like she's penny pitching. Um, well, it's because of the job it's, that she works too. It, it's just it's very urban, but it, it just like the the colors, the hue of the colors, yeah. the the way that the camera angles were shot. Like there were very few moments where it didn't feel foreign. Yeah, it didn't feel like a foreign film, and that was mainly when it was around the uh, like the agent guy, the yeah. the what. This film is as French as you can get for Baltimore. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, <laughs> yeah. It, and the thing is, I like that feeling to it. I did. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. just, I, it, it gave it, it gave it the sense of there was enough surrealism in the way the movie was made and shot that fit the storyline. Because if they tried to film this just like a normal drama, like, like Splash. Like, let's say they did the same, you know, like they didn't mess with the colors. They didn't try to be artsy with like camera angles and all that other stuff. They just film like yeah. a straight like drama, like style. It, 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 to me, this would have fell flat. Like it, right. it, just, it, it, it wouldn't have fit. But the yeah. fact that it had like the colors were, you know, like either really brilliant or really dull to match w- w- what was going on. Um, yeah. I liked it for that. I really did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think stylistically it was supposed to be more like a fairy tale and yeah. fairy tales are traditionally European. So they did a good job of trying to mimic that European feeling, even though it was Baltimore. Yeah. Um, now I have the song from Hairspray going through my head. Good morning, Baltimore. <laughs> that, that'll just be the opening song for the podcast. This week. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to find what award, what all awards it won. It won four Oscars. Uh, best picture, which we talked about. Uh, best achievement in directing. Um, well deserved. Yeah. It won for music. So the score yeah. and interesting and production design. So that everything you're talking about, yeah. which is what I thought it won for. Um, watching the trailers for this, I got a very. I know you guys both play video games, but I never actually played this one. But I know enough about it. I got a very. It got a huge Bioshock feel for it from it. Oh man! When they're like in the, the that lab. retro science, yeah, 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 like st- I, almost steampunk, but not really. Oh, Bioshock, yeah, like steampunk. right on the edge. Yeah. I well, no, I mean, Bioshock. I'm just talking about the, yeah. I'm talking about the movie, yeah, um, which I really liked because I was like, oh man, this like why can't you make a Bioshock movie? Like I, I would totally watch that. <laughs> no, did you say that you haven't played it? I haven't played the first one. I played Bioshock Infinite. Okay, Ooh, I one. the first one. Mm-hmm. is amazing it's yeah. all underwater yeah and it fits like the whole lab and the weird contraption thing that it was swimming yeah. in inside the lab like that all fits 100 percent um mm. but i don't really remember the trailers for this i mean i had just seen like clips and trailers okay. online yeah like it wasn't one that i really sought out but it was like okay this is getting a lot of buzz i read mm. all the articles on who people think are, is gonna win so yeah <laughs> um yeah 
Um, so, Devin, what do you got? So, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I really like the movie a lot. And I know I talk about stuff like this kind of a lot, but I'm kind of a sucker for like coding in movies and metaphor in movies. And this came out at just about the right time, I think, societally that I think that like the coding in it was pretty clear and obvious. And I really appreciated that where I like that, you know, the fish man was basically just a stand in for like whatever kind of disenfranchised group that, you know, you could possibly imagine because historically that's kind of what monster movies were is they were like, Hey, here's, you know, the fish man, or here's the blob, but it was kind of a stand in for like, other things you know what i mean like other kind of cultural shifts so disenfranchised kind of groups of people and i think that it worked really well in this so i love that i love the um the symbolism in the guy's fingers yeah did you guys i thought that was honestly i wasn't expecting that what what's the symbolism there we're like the grosser his fingers got the (sighs) all right so i took this a couple ways the first way that i took it was basically he represented the old values in like america at the time and his fingers kind of rebelled against that so the more his fingers deteriorated the more what everything he stood for kind of deteriorated at the same time so his sanity american values and his fingers all deteriorated at the same time and i thought it was brilliant i thought that was so cool okay so yeah now the one thing that i kind of took that a tiny bit differently i don't know sure i just be explaining the same thing differently you can tell me if Mm -hmm. i am or not um yeah Like you said, like he kind of embodied like the nuclear family, 1950s, early 1960s type, like uh, American stereotype. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel like the fingers were basically the the negative in that stereotype. And the more that he felt that slipping away, the more the anger and the like, the uh, the more the uh, more of his anger and desperation to keep hold of that and to like force it to still exist, basically yeah. rotted. Like, kind of went along the same way of like rotting the fingers out. And then by the time he ripped his fingers off, it was pretty much that he was just abandoning the entire thing, and he didn't care what he had to do to actually like do you know to like carry out his mission yeah which i which i never saw him living towards the end of the film to be honest i knew he was dead one yeah either one way or the other and oh yeah i think his last words was perfect for the type of person he was and especially for the type of things he talked about through the movie like his last words were perfect Mm -hmm. so spoilers for shape of water (laughs) <laughs> at this um, point what remind what me because i'm on a bunch of dayquil what, oh what, what god you are he, he said you are a god okay yeah that's right because the tribal people yeah. in the amazon like they said that they worship this thing like a god yeah. and they joked about that because they were all american christians yeah and yeah. then and there's only one guy quoting scripture like huh. the in, like through like half the film his characters quoting yeah. scripture and talking about you know like ancient cities and this and that to, to quote captain america there's only one god who doesn't dress like that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so but still i mean that's that's how i saw the whole finger thing yeah sure yeah um, not gonna lie, when I went back and rewatched this for the show, that when it came to his finger stuff, like that scene where he takes it off, I was like, "Nope, can't do it." Not, not gonna look. Just gonna. Oh no, it was gross. My... It is gross, and in, in the theater, like all the little old ladies were like, "Ah, that's nothing." But <laughs> they, they've seen some shit because they're all old women. Yeah, right. Um, well, the, the thing with me, the worst part with his fingers, for me, was in was when he was in the car. When you realize they were rotting. Yeah. When he like just mm-hmm. takes them up and sniffs them like yeah, he's uh, he Barry Catholic oh. Gallagher. And, and, then, oh. and then he squeezes the one and pus comes out of where yeah. the stitches were. Like to me, that was worse than him ripping the fingers off and throwing. Oh them. no, that like that like the whole thing. What's like the car? Like once he sniffs them, I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> right. I don't need to see the rest yeah. of this. Um, so, what do you guys think of? the romance aspect of it. Devin, what'd you think of their relationship? I loved it. I, I liked where it came from. Uh, I liked that it was, I like her role in it. 
particularly because I think for the genre of movie that we were going for, traditionally, she is supposed to be a smart, well-spoken, very pure individual. And I didn't set her up like that at all. I mean, the first scene of the movie is her masturbating to an egg timer. And then like, they just kind of like go from there. And I really love the fact that it's her with this monster. I don't think it was as creepy as I think I thought it was going to be going into it. So it's going to be like, oh, fish sex. I'm going to be uncomfortable. But I wasn't. <laughs> they did a very good job of it. So like I, I appreciated it. I thought it was well realized for what it was. You, you can definitely feel their connection. Like their, yes. that connection, when it's established, makes sense. It's not like forced. Like you can see these two, two beings being drawn to each other for similar reasons. They both have trouble communicating and mm-hmm. are able to communicate with each other. And that really builds a bond. For how Absolutely. much talk of fish sex people have about this movie, I was actually really disappointed. All they show we're doing is stepping into the shower and they pull the curtain. <laughs> that's it. That that's literally it. You wanted to see his yeah. dick. Did you know that they actually made a sex toy based off this movie? No, they didn't. They Dude, did. they, they make sex toys based off of everything. I know, but they per, they per, they they specifically made a sex toy based off this movie, based off the fish man. Does it does it do the thing? I have like, no idea. I just heard about this. Um I th- <laughs> I know that they I remember that happening. I know that they also made sex toys based off of Aquaman. I'm not surprised. What? Yeah. Oh. So 10 years ago, if I had told you Aquaman was the number one grossing DC movie of all time and that there's sex toys based on the film, would you have believed me? Not even a little bit. <laughs> Not even a little bit. I would have figured it would be in the chain of like Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus type line of movies. You know, that sounds like Aquaman, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Like that could be an Aquaman movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that might have happened at the end of Aquaman now that I think about it. But <laughs> um, is there a scene where a, a 300 foot shark jumps out of the water and bites down an airliner in mid flight? <laughs> because that happened in Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. That is the best part of that movie. <laughs> yeah, that is the only good yeah. part of that movie. <laughs> I remember watching that in college and everyone just like, what the hell was that? Like, <laughs> we're all in like the, like a common area watching it. Like, what the hell was that? And I was like, go on. Um, what do you guys think of her relationship with her neighbor? It makes sense. For yeah. her being who she is and him being who he is and, and in the time of what this movie was set in, I find it to be realistic. You have a woman who's mute, who doesn't have anybody. There is a single older man that lives next to her who is flamboyant in private, in his private life. Private life. It is nice too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, it. it just it, it makes sense. Yeah. Like their relationship makes sense, and the whole thing about her character not being like pure. Just like you said, yeah. you know, it's like well-spoken. Yeah. I don't really see her as being unpure. I just see her as being normal. Sure. Yeah, I think I meant like, traditionally they, pure. Yeah, yeah, true, true. It's just, yeah. I I actually, like, I really like the fact that they set it up like that to show that, hey, she has a routine, she's a normal person, you know, she right. can't, you know, speak, but this is who she is. Yeah. I just felt my thing with the movie was that I would have preferred it if she didn't have the scars on the neck. Why? How would the ending have played out for you then? Because I think that was my favorite part. I love the scars in the neck that turned into gills. I think see, I... I, I saw that coming from a mile away. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I had no idea. I saw those scars and I just thought of that Disney Channel original movie, The 13th Year. Yeah, I didn't and... even think of that. I saw the scars. And I'm like, oh, they're set up like gills. She's a fish. Like she's a fish that they that it healed over because she was on land, and I have a very strong feeling that that's would have hap- would have happened to him if he would have stayed out of water too long, that he would have started turning human. So wait, you're saying she was a fish all along? Yes. Ooh. Oh, I thought it was just a big metaphor for she's a fish out of water. Get it? No. Kills on her neck. I, Get it? Ah. I didn't take it that way. That's an interesting way to take it, though. Be- be- it because is. because I mean, think about it. Okay, so the gills on the neck were three, the same length, right in the middle of the mm-hmm. neck. 
look at the fish man's neck. He has three gills that come down from the top of the head and the back of the head down to almost his like trach. So if yeah. you so if you look at that and you look at the middle part on the neck where her scars are and where his gills are, they line up perfectly. Huh. She is a female mer person he's a male i would not be surprised that if maybe i'm wrong about the whole thing about being on land you know and he stays out of water for too long he starts to turn human well maybe i'm wrong about that maybe their species maybe that's how the females are okay well hold on they established that she was an orphan she was an orphan that she was left Mm -hmm. yeah never talk about her parents if she's if she's a baby and left on land maybe she transforms into human Maybe. Yes. Maybe I like there's this. something about like a mm. kid, you know, that like if if the baby's left on land before a certain point in their life cycle, they turn into a human, but they always yeah. keep the scars for the kills. I, I like this fan theory, but I also I like, like that fa- I, I like it as like a, a a theory, but I like the idea of him being able to transform her and take her with him. To- okay, so yeah. That yes. Without the scars. For me, having the scars on both sides of her neck, the same length on either side, because they try to play it off that like, oh, the people that had her before they, you know, they did that to her purposely to make her mute. No, she's a fish to begin with. That's why she masturbates in the water. Uh, And she likes water herself. The only time she's sexually active, if I can remember correctly, is when there's water involved. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh Uh-oh. So, going back to the opening of the film, she's dreaming that she's underwater. Yes. Yeah. Fucking A. She's a fish. Yeah, dude, I think we did it. She's a fish the entire time. Like, that's one of these things that, like, as soon as I saw the star... I'm going to write to Guillermo del Toro right now. Yeah, get him on the phone. (laughs) Um, That reminds me. Devin, don't you have a Guillermo del Toro story? I do have a Guillermo del Toro story. I scared him. Uh, I worked at you a uh, scared haunted the house. man that made Pan's Labyrinth. I <laughs> did. It was great. I uh, used to work at a haunted house that was currently in the middle of being purchased by uh, Legendary, not Legendary, Lionsgate. Lionsgate purchased the haunted house, Ooh. and the main person that like was like spearheading the the purchase, the acquisition, was Guillermo del Toro. So we had a night where Guillermo del Toro walked through the haunted house while I was an actor in it. So I was a zombie in the Pittsburgh zombie section and shuffled around the corner, got into his face and went, and it got him. It got him good. <laughs> okay. So for people who are listening, uh, Devin kind of like was like on the side and then jerked towards the camera and then reached his head back as he snorted with his mouth wide open. Okay. Because just the yeah, noise I, doesn't. I zombied. <laughs> he's, yeah. he he's zombied. <laughs> I zombied. That's a great yeah. Guillermo del Toro story. I it's my favorite Guillermo del Toro story. Yeah. I have one. I went to the Do theater you? and watched one of his movies. <laughs> Which one? Oh. Which one? Okay, okay, okay. So no. Okay. No, actually, uh Golden Army 2. Okay. I mean the Hellboy the, 2. Yeah. Hell, Hellboy okay. 2. The real reason we're doing this is so Ryan can bitch about the new Hellboy some more. No, no, I'm done. <laughs> actually, I'm, the, the, I'm this was part of the reason it. he didn't do a Hellboy 3. I think. Oh really? No, no, this is is why he didn't do Pacific Rim 2? It's the reason he didn't do one of the sequels. Pacific Rim know. 2 makes more sense because yeah. the timing lines up for that better than yeah. Hellboy 3. I know he was trying to get Hellboy 3 after this was done. And then oh, sure. they're just like, no. Yeah, Did he lose get, the rights to it? We're going to give it Hopper. We're going to give it to Hopper from Stranger Things. So, <laughs> I'm excited for I it. I did see that the new one's going to be rated R for like bloody violence. I'll not, not like, not like make it different it. Deadpool? I'll have to wait. Pretty and see much, it. I think that's what it's going to be. It's kind of what the trailer reads it as. It's like yeah. different Deadpool. All right, we're not talking about um, that yeah. boy, but let's let's talk about Guillermo del Toro a little bit. Okay. So, yeah, I like his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you like the Hellboy series? I love the Hellboy series. I love Pan's Labyrinth. He he, he has an eye and a vision for things that make him extremely unique in what he does. And I just, I, lo- I love his monsters. I can't help but, but say it any differently. Like, That's one thing guy, he's yeah. been known for for a while is just his creature, creatures. And that I think that was the big draw yeah. for Pacific Rim. Yeah. 
I got, I think I have to say this might be the only movie of his that I've seen. Um, you haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth. I haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth. I've seen Hellboy, I but I don't count it. I haven't seen Blade Two. Um, yeah, this might be the only one of his that I've seen, like the whole way through. So, I'm like bright eyed and my mouth's hanging open right now with both of you. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I, I saw The Hobbit. Out of he did all that. of his no, movies. he didn't. No, he oh, didn't he? Oh, okay. He, it was he, listed here. He wrote that. Oh, if he was supposed to, and then he backed out, and then Peter Jackson's like, yeah, I guess I'll do it again, and then he ah. it. <laughs> like I, out of all of the movies that he's done that you guys haven't seen, uh huh, Pan's Labyrinth is one that we should do. Yeah, that's definitely one that needs to go on. The I list. heard it's good. I've I've heard good things about it that's been on my list for a while so that like, that's definitely going on the list like i remember good. watching that i um i watched it in my basement with chris the one that you used to yeah. work with at state college yeah. we watched it together and i remember the one scene with the frog and i'm not going to go into it but like him and i both like just stared at each other like what the hell did we just see is he playing a banjo <laughs> on a lake uh, oh, i hope so <laughs> it's the complete opposite of playing a banjo on the lake um, a trombone on a mountaintop got it <laughs> um what did you guys think of the monster itself like the makeup i it reminded me of hellboy so y- much yeah just because it was the same actor <laughs> also As that Amphibian? Amphibian? wasn't there a blue character in hellboy though yeah yeah the uh the fish yeah the fish guy yeah that's the what it abraham like. sapien same guy and that's why I wasn't a big fan of the fish in this one for about the like first couple scenes he was in, because I didn't sure. like how similar he looked. But then I just I was like, you know, whatever, I'm just going to go with it, because how many ways can you make a humanoid fish person look different than other versions of humanoid fish people? Like, there's only so yeah. much you can do to, like, differentiate between them. I'm just happy yeah. that they didn't make them look too human like they did uh, Abe Sapien from hellboy which fit for hellboy like like right like abe sapiens look for hellboy fit this yeah. the fish makeup and everything fit for that it, it was the same actor yeah i did not know that yeah doug jones he also played um you've seen hocus pocus right yeah you know winifred's yeah. old boyfriend who she brings back him from the dead? yeah that's doug him too? Jones, that's him too oh yes uh, this is connecting a lot of movies for me i'm liking this yes. <laughs> um yeah He's in a lot of stuff. Um, pretty much whenever they... Oh, he and he's on Star Trek Discovery. He's okay, the main alien right. guy. Okay. Um, Devin, you like Star Trek, right? A little bit. I, I'm not as I'm not as big as a fan as, as I think my trivia about it leads anyone to believe. Okay. So not enough to <laughs> get CBS... It. Not enough to watch, like buy CBS All Access and watch Discovery? I've seen an episode and went, neat. And that was it. Okay. Moving on. Um, <laughs> Devin, I think you and I are about the same in our trekkiness. Yeah. Like, like you it's know enough to like be about it. Yeah. Like it's enough to be interested in like the new shows and kind of like, oh, I wonder what the ship looks like and who the characters yeah. are and like where it fits in the timeline. And that's about it. Yeah. Because yeah. my thing was next gen and I'm good. Like next gen, yeah. I'm good. And I'll but watch But they're the bringing movies. back Picard. I know. They're bringing back Picard. They're giving him yeah. his own show. Yeah. The second best captain of the Enterprise. Who's the first? Fight me. Who's the first? Um, it's uh Channer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What? Because well, you, you can you can say multiple answers to that. Like there's not Absolutely just two. Again. Absolutely. It, it's no, not just Shatner, Picard. Yeah. It's yeah, that's, now you that's got really Pine the dichotomy and, there. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah. Not Pine. Picard's my favorite. I don't care. I, 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 I mean, <laughs> Picard is objectively the better captain. Yeah. But Kirk is cool. I mean, but uh, Shatner's cooler. Are we talking like series Shatner or movies? movies? Only series Shatner. Only no, series. Movie okay. Shatner's a whole other thing. Okay. I see. I haven't seen enough of the series. I just like Patrick Stewart. Like, that's my thing. Oh. Like, I just. Oh, he's great. I, I, I love him as a human. I Mm-hmm. I love his character on Star Trek Next Gen. I like Next Gen better than any other Star Trek series there's ever been. That's why it's Picard for me. Yeah. 
I get um, that. My wife agrees. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just I just hear from the other room after Ryan said all that. Yep. <laughs> um, um, what were we, what, what's the show about today? Oh, Shape of Water. That's right. <laughs> uh, right. How um, did we hit on Picard? <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, because the Amphibian Man. Oh, yeah. They have him listed as Amphibian Man, which amphibian is... Really? Yeah, I kind of want to read the screenplay. So every time that he does anything, it just says, and the Amphibian <laughs> Man's hand reaches the, the glass of the tube. <laughs> Honestly, though, that makes sense because they do talk about uh, him having two separate types yeah. of lungs. So, yeah. like, that actually makes sense. I'm curious if they had, like, a name for him on set, like, Bill. Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just call it him Gil on set. Gil. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. <coughs> oh, my God, your lung fell out. Yeah. <laughs> oh I should have um, had, like, a stake to throw on the floor for a splat sound. That would have been awesome. <laughs> I can fix it in post. Oh, you um, should fix it in post. So this we talked a little bit about this when we talked about La La Land. Um this film does subtle like ode to Hollywood stuff. How do you guys oh, yeah. feel about that? Where? Uh well, they're always watching like old musicals. And the movie theater down below. Yeah. And the the musical number. Okay. So that, uh, okay. So for me, this movie was a mixed bag. Like my overall okay. feeling for it. Um, hmm. I, I loved how it was shot. I loved the color. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I loved how this movie was shot. I loved the color. I loved just the whole like foreign feel to it. I loved the characters, the effects, that type of stuff. But then there's other stuff that I hated. And I really felt like that musical number was way out of place. Oh yeah? Like to me, like to me, the thought of her trying to say those words and like the light on her at the table and things started getting dark. Like to me, it was like, oh my gosh, she's gonna start speaking. She's, she's going to start to talk. But in, you know, reality, he was going to, you know, the fish guy was going to look up and she was going to be going, you know, trying to speak. And then it turned into this like thing from Greece where the guy comes out of the clouds and calls her beauty school dropout. Like, that's how weird it was for me. Like, that's how weird it was for me. Like it to me, like I like I guess it fits with the way that they were filming the the movie and the way that it was shot. It just I didn't like that. I love the fact that they had him really interested in it, and he would talk about his glory yeah. days and how you know that like he can only recognize his eyes and how he feels like he was either born too early or yeah. too late. Like I loved all that with the musical numbers. I loved it. I, it just I didn't feel. I think the whole dance sequence plays into her active imagination because well, throughout the film you see her like dancing to herself and like the film opens with her dreaming that she's underwater yeah so like it's just a whole dream like i just take it as a dream sequence so and i i yeah. like it feels a little bit weird but at the same time she's in love with a fish man okay so and that's <laughs> fine I mean, like her, and that's so fine that's, that's, and i totally understand yeah. that and 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 mm -hmm. I do. And I really feel like this is more of a sense of opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. there's so for me on my sense of opinion for this, either have the musical number or have flooding the bathroom scene. Yeah. Have not one both. or not exactly not right. both. Devin, either have the dance number or have her turn her bathroom into a fish tank. Okay, Devin, what were you going to try and say? Well, I just think there's this really strong through line of her being obsessed with like, I don't know if it was current school, but I guess it would have been slightly older school Hollywood. That dance sequence they do is almost shot for shot from the 1936 movie Follow the Fleet. And that's something that she herself would have seen. Is that something you so, knew or is that something you read? That's something I looked up. Okay. And then I like, I like, so before, the, if I don't see a movie so you know about me if i haven't seen a movie in a while what i'll do is i'll do plot summary and then i'll do fun facts about it and this is something that i looked up just beforehand because trust me i've never seen 1936's follow the fleet okay. and i guarantee you this movie is going to make me watch 1936's follow the fleet was follow <laughs> the fleet done by mgm probably probably 
It sounds like a like an MGM kind of. Because I, I watched a documentary they made on MGM like two years ago. And now yeah. that you mentioned that, I do remember a clip of that mm-hmm. like stage of like the giant yeah. like lighted door window thing in the middle with the band off to the side. Uh-huh. Like I, I, I remember that seeing that in the documentary. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is something that you would have seen, especially living over a theater like that. And I feel like they tied a lot of her personality to movies because I mean, again, I looked stuff up about the movie. So like hate me if you will but they did a good job of tying the color red in this movie to her love and affection but also to the cinema doors like the doors of the movie theater were red just like her jacket was when they were making out underwater and stuff so i feel like they did a good job of tying all and, of those and things those together and even she... like first scene was her like tap dancing in the hallway yeah and those shoes that she buys yeah um i'm trying to find out if so like GM. but i I am with Ryan on some of this, though. I think the part of it that like almost broke my immersion was the flooding the bathroom scene where I was just like, how are these that airtight? Why is this holding all this water? I understand. But like that was the one part of the movie that made me go, really? Yeah. Yeah. I totally don't buy that either because that's supposed right. to be something that actually happens. But right. Like, because I mean, like to me, like the movie theater manager comes up and yells at the neighbor and he goes in and there's water skirting out the door, just like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, you know, like you you fill up a door with, you know, a room with water and there's only going to be a few leaks. Yeah. And like that. And she turns on on like the tub and the sink. I'm like, I'm sorry, but it's going to take the entire day for the water to reach six inches on the floor, let alone fill up the whole thing in five minutes. Um, Oh yeah. Well, there's one way to find out. Let's do some science. (laughs) (laughs) okay i hate the neighbors below me let's do this <laughs> um all right uh what do you guys think about octavia spencer in this she has a nice little side part i actually liked her a little bit like it kind of broke you out of like the dreaminess of the movie and kind of like hey this is a real world person to kind of like give you yeah. the breath of like yeah. air every now and then i i, I liked it I mean, one of my awkwardly favorite parts of this movie is that the main character and Octavia Spencer weren't like top scientists at this research facility that fell in love with their research. I love that they were just basically janitors. And I love some of the shots of them cleaning these like vastly like huge and weird and scientific things. I think it's fun. Yeah, I really like that element, too, because it, it, it would be weird if it was the scientists falling in love with the fish. Yeah, uh, and you get that a little bit with the uh, the Russian guy. Um, oh yeah, but it like it, and to have them in there after hours where she can have alone time with him, it that mm-hmm. helps that the relationship build too. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody who's mute uh, would be an overnight janitor at a laboratory like this. I I would think back then, right. So how did you guys feel about Michael Shannon's weird, like, awkward lust thing with the main character? For me, that, that was literally the hardest thing to watch about this movie. Yeah, that that still doesn't make much sense to me. Like, are you uh, the the actor you're talking about? He's the one that the, plays the, the like the, the, agent? the bad guy with the yeah. fingers. Yeah, okay. General Zod, if you will. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, thank you. Now I've yes. got a face and a name to go with each other. Okay. Um, yeah. No, that whole thing especially after like showing his home life yeah and the fact that like they pretty much make it apparent that when he goes home he has full access whenever he wants like they make that pretty much apparent which i have no problem with nudity and sexuality in movies but that was a bit much yeah Yeah, i know that they were trying to show his character a little bit show how just kind of like you know like he's the king of the castle type thing and like the type of wife that he has but like, I didn't need to see his butt. No. I didn't need to see his butt I mean, Like, I, I seriously didn't need to like, see that. They did a good job of framing that, so it was disgusting. Like, and I think you're supposed to be disgusted by him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But still, I got the whole disgusting part before all of that yeah. happened. I, th- <laughs> I think his whole deal is he's been spending so much time hunting this monster, yeah. and now he has it. So he's like, Everything that he's built, he's just unhappy with now. Yeah. Like he built everything to get to the, 
to get this thing. And now that he has that thing, he's like, oh, well, this is this is boring. Like, I don't want this. I want what I can't have. Yeah. Like, I already have this. What happens when he won? Yeah. I like that. Which the wife is better off anyway with him being dead. So just saying. Oh, yeah. Even in that time, because she would have to have her dad come to help sign for a bank account. Didn't know if you knew that for back then, but yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. She would have to be dealing with that, but I think that'd be better than dealing with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what'd you guys think of the whole Cold War era subplot to this as well? I think it fit. It, it, I, when it comes to this type of a movie, like this is, to me, this is like sci-fi fantasy because you're dealing with like, you know, technology that would have been way out of line for well out of hand for that time period um but i to me it fit because there's no other i mean i love stuff that makes fun of the cold war especially especially on our end of things yeah this fits right into that um this movie like you talked about this a little bit it mixes so many genres. Yeah. Like you yeah. got the sci-fi, you got the fantasy, you got the romance, you've got the political thriller with mm-hmm. the Soviet Union stuff. Like it really checks a lot of boxes. And I think that really helped it win best picture. I agree. Well, because it took the social commentary of that era to the extreme. Like it took everything yeah. because I mean, even nowadays, but even like back then, like, your school teacher in like the fifties or sixties, you've got the American flag in your school because you're at war with communism. You're at war with Russia. The entire social structure of this country economically and socially is at war with this other country that is supposed to be completely opposite. So in the middle of your day, you got an air raid drill because a nuclear war could break out. So there you've got war, family, suffering, you know, just everything. Yeah. There's no way to do a storyline in the 50s and 60s and not cover everything that has to do with that culture back then. Like, it's just, it, and even the, 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 the religious well, aspect of it, it. It's not even just touching on things from back then. It touches on a lot of things from today. We talked about it already with their relationship and it being like the disenfranchised. Yeah. You also have got her neighbor who's gay. Yeah. And yeah. Like is having trouble with that because he's looked he's down hitting upon. on the guy at the pie. Yeah, place. and he gets yeah. kicked out. Yeah. Um you have the racism in the in the yeah. pie shop. Um you've got the Russian thing, like the Russians like getting involved in our shit. Like this movie could be Which, set in like twenty sixteen. <laughs> oh my god. It could though. But see the thing that's the point. It's because we're <coughs> take take the whole take Russia out of it or keep Russia in it for 2016. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter because it seems like we're going back to that anyway. Um, You could, everything is still there. Like everything is there set in the sixties with topics that are issues now because the same topics that they were then, I mean, yeah, we've made like progress on some issues, but it's all surface progress. It's nothing deep. It's nothing to actually make any change. It's just behavioral changes in our country. That's what I think. I mean, they were talking about like, just to do do something little. Um, uh, This wasn't brought up in the the film, but if you pull a newspaper from the 20s, pull a newspaper Mm -hmm. from the 40s, pull a newspaper from the 60s and you will find articles about when people go to vote, they should have to show their ID. Oh, yeah. Because it's always been an issue. Everything in this movie has always been an issue in this country and that's why it's timeless. The racism, the homophobia, the, you know, the issue with national pride, the issue with religion and and it all being tied together like Mm -hmm. just like how it's shown in this movie. Um, you've also got reasons for, for, for everything though. Every topic they touched has a reason because the gay neighbor wouldn't have come back and helped her if he wasn't rejected by his crush at the yeah. pie diner and seeing him kicking out the black couple. If it wasn't for that, he wouldn't have come back and said, I'm going to help you with whatever you need because he finally saw Devin, which you brought up the whole coding thing. If it wasn't for him being treated like that 
and then realizing that he was treating her like that, he would have never came back. We lost Devin. We lost audio. audio. We have video. We can't hear you. Hey, how did you lose Devin? I'm here. There we go. Now, we we, we could see you. We couldn't hear you. Okay, so. Oh, sorry about that. No, yeah. I mean, but Ryan, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Yes. Um, anything else we want to touch upon? I mean, other than the fact that everybody talks about fish sex and all it was was her stepping behind a shower curtain. Just saying. Yeah. It was super blown out of proportion. But you know what's going on behind that shower curtain. Yeah, I also oh, yeah. know what was happening in the bathtub, but they showed that clear as day. He's not the only one that's swimming. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Devin, any final thoughts? I like this movie. I would watch it multiple, multiple times. Okay. I think that other people should watch the movie. Okay. I could have done without him eating the cat. Oh, yeah, he Just does saying. eat the cat. Don't watch Effort. this movie. <laughs> I could have done without seeing seeing him eat the cat. Like knowing yeah. that he ate the cat's one thing, but seeing just a bloody stump for a head. Okay. So, Ryan, you said you were mixed on this movie. Yeah. Just would yeah. you recommend? Would you watch oh, it again? I, I would watch it again to show it to somebody else. Okay. That's pretty much it. Okay. Which no. which I would recommend for people to watch, no. and I would offer to show it to people. Okay. Now here's the question. I'm going to read the list of the other films it was up against for best picture. And I think Ooh, we, I think between all of us, we've seen most of these. So uh, I'm going to ask a question afterwards. I'm going to list these and I'm going to ask, do we think shape of water deserved it? Okay. So the other nominees for best picture last year were call me by your name. Oh, darkest man. hour. Dunkirk. Get out. Lady bird. Phantom thread. The post and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Damn, that's a good year for movies. Is Shape of Water best picture? Did, oh, did it deserve man. it? Here's the thing. I would say my, uh, my knee-jerk reaction would say that I personally like Get Out more than this. The problem is that Get Out, even though is an amazing movie and has terrific social commentary for, you know, it's, just, it's yeah. a great movie. Art speaking, arti- artistically speaking, this movie's better. So if you're going by just the art form of the film, I'd pick this over the other okay. ones. Devin, what are your thoughts? All right. So I've seen Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, Get Out, three billboards in this one. I think I'm mostly in the same of the same mind as Ryan. Where okay. I think artistically this did more. That's where I'm at too. Yeah, um, I mean, this film yeah, Dunkirk is, was the only thing that came close artistically, but this yeah. had more to say than Dunkirk did. And du- like Dunkirk can be confusing. Like I've only seen it once. I need to go back and watch it again. So if you yeah only see it the one time, you might not know what's going on there. So yeah. Um, have you seen Dunkirk? No, but I want to. Okay, we'll have to put, it on, we'll put that on the list. Um, then. Uh, Devin and I can tell our Chris Nolan stories. <laughs> Hell yeah, we can. <laughs> um, but no, this, this move, the Shape of Water fires on all cylinders. Like you've got the cinematography there, you've got mm-hmm. the, the the design. Um, Guillermo del Toro does a great job of executing everything. Like he had such a vision with this, and he executed it perfectly. That's why he won Best Director. So I, I completely agree with it. this winning Best Picture. And I was ecstatic to see that it won because it was like the only one that I saw at the time. <laughs> like I did see Get Out. So it was like this or Get Out. Um, yeah. Because I never get to see all the Oscar nominees by the time of the Oscars. Oh, never yeah, happens. I haven't yet. One year. One year it will. <laughs> um, we'll make an effort. The year where they let me go see the movies for free because I do a podcast about movies. Um, Heck yeah. That'll be the year. Sponsor us AMC. Yeah. <laughs> um, I almost watched a bunch of the movies this year. Like I had all, all day off on Sunday. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit down and watch three movies that were nominated for best picture. And then yeah. I didn't. <laughs> I think we watched one day at a time on Netflix instead. So oh, nice. How was it? It was good. I like, I like the show. Uh, if you haven't seen that show, I highly recommend it. I really want to. Um, oh my God. 
Okay. So this year for Best Picture, the nominees were Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, three movies with B titles. Damn. Oh, yeah. The Favorite, oh, yeah. Green what? Book, Roma, The Stars Born Advice. There were Bs in the in the title. Three. <laughs> Never mind. I missed the one movie oh. that you said. Oh, The Favorite? No, they just, I feel like I missed a movie because I was trying to register what you said. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Green Book won. Uh, I haven't, se- I haven't seen any of these except for Black Panther. I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. What'd you think? Uh, it should have went five for five. It really? Went, it was that It should have went five for five. Okay. Here- no, no, granted, wow. I'm biased and I'll tell you why. Okay. One, I like Queen. I'm a big fan of Queen. Second, I love Freddie Mercury okay. and his okay. backstory. I, 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 I knew it before the movie came out to a point, but it is, it's a biopic. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of a generic, but it just doesn't, it's not just about Freddie. It's about everybody that was connected with him, how the band grew and it deserved everything that it won. Everything, I everything will that it fight did you win. on that. I will fight you. But you, you haven't on that. seen it yet. Really? I've seen a clip, and the fact that it won best editing just from that clip that I saw is motherfucking bullshit. Was it, it is, not that great editing? It was a scene where they obviously He's talking they, about a scene where they're meeting their manager for the first time, and they're going yeah. back and forth because all of the actors are rapid firing talking. It's, it's not even yeah. that. One it's scene. It's and it's not even the full scene. You I have know. to watch the movie. I'll, I'll watch the movie, but the fact that that got best editing, like if that's in the movie that won best editing as an editor. I'm embarrassed. You need to okay. watch. I will. The movie. I will watch the movie. I'm holding out judgment, but I just from what I've seen of that, like I don't know. You need to okay. see the movie because every because 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 believe me, when it won, everybody was boiling up about it. About oh my god, how could this win? And then somebody, just like with everything else on the internet, somebody took a clip, mm-hmm. a clip, a little piece of a scene not even the full scene and said oh uh-huh. this was the movie that won best editing and completely uh-huh. negates conversations with family uh the uh, uh p- p- performances the live aid scene at the end uh him dealing with the band members them going on tour all of the cam shots and fades and everything else and it goes to just a simple talking conversation back and forth that wasn't done really the best but at the Uh same time like any like shape of water one Mm -hmm. there's issues with this movie with with shape of water we talked it didn't win editing though yeah i know but i'm just saying it won best picture and there's issues with the movie yeah we were just talking about every movie has issues i know i'm just saying so it won best editing and you're going to flip out like you did over a clip that you saw online that without clip, seeing the actual that, movie. That clip that I saw was horrendous. If if that's just if that's one outlying scene in that movie, okay, I'll take it. But I, I, I need, need to see, watch this clip I, now. I I'm it. so mad I can't contribute to I this. I need to see the movie. I will, I will watch the movie this week. The clip is tailor made to make people like him mad. Keep people <laughs> like me with people like me with a film degree who do video editing for a living. Like I said, one clip from one scene, not even the full scene. But here's the thing, though, like something like that will ruin the whole movie for me. Like even if I hadn't seen that online, if I see something that poorly done, like it will take me out of it and just taint the whole thing. I'm not going to let it from Bohemian Rhapsody. That was already done before the movie even came out that the movie was tainted for me. I'm going to give Rami Malek his due and watch it for his performance. But there was so I have other issues with that movie uh, besides the, the editing that I, I still want to see it. Like, I'm really yeah. interested in that story. Like, I want to see it because I want to see it. But it the movie was already tainted for me. And that that clip did not help. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, we're, we're going to do Bohemian Rhapsody. That's going to yeah. be on the show. I already, oh, know we what, I already have it on the schedule. Yeah, no. Yes. I, I, I've been listening to the soundtrack since I watched the movie. So like, qu- I bought the Blu-ray. Queen's and the greatest, soundtrack. Queen's greatest hits. Actually, it's, <laughs> actually, 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 it's not just that because there's songs on there. They that put live aid on there, right? 
Live Aid's on there. The entire Live Aid performance is on there at the end. But oh, there's wow. songs on it that aren't on their greatest hits albums because there were songs that fit the, the meaning of, of uh, the meaning and feel of the songs fit what was going on in the movie and was songs that they released during that time period inside the storyline itself. So, oh. so there are songs on there that aren't really on their greatest hits albums. And actually there's one song in there that I had no idea that they even did. That's actually on it. Yeah. Uh, while we're on the topic of Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, yeah. did either of you watch the Oscars? No, I wasn't okay. around for it. I I watched the Oscars while I was playing video games that night. Like I had yes. it on my on my on my other screen while I was doing stuff, and yeah. so they didn't have a host this year, which was weird. How was that? How did they do that? Um, well, the it was fine for, for most of the show. Mm-hmm. What was bad for me was the opening number. They just had Queen with Adam Lambert come out and play We Will Rock You, which is fine. Like, that's a great way to yeah. start the show. End it there. But no. They opened the show with We Are the Champions following We Will Rock You. And I get that they're two and one. Like, I know that's how that goes. But yeah. you don't start an award ceremony with We Are the Champions. Like, it was just really uh, awkward. Yeah. Like, like it was just a weird way to start the show. Like they're all champions. They're all there. They're all there. Yeah. But they were like, play, we will rock you. And then go into another queen song. Like why not do a part of Bohemian Rhapsody or maybe Adam Lambert wasn't good at that. I mean, he tours with them. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying like he's, he's the new lead singer of queen. So he has to be able to, (laughs) if I, if I go see queen in concert, like if they play Hershey and Adam Lambert doesn't sing Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm demanding my money back. <laughs> I almost, I almost I, did that at a uh, um, at a uh, uh, a Jethro Tull concert. So I okay. why they didn't play Aqualung? What? That's like the only one I know because Anchorman referenced it. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't. They didn't play it. In fact, we um, uh, uh, we were sitting behind a biker gang. A legit biker gang. Right. Like I'm talking right. like the one percent patches, like on their vests. Yes. Yeah. They follow whenever Jethro Tall is in the States and touring, they follow. They ride around. Like they follow the vans. Like yeah. they do the concert. And they're sitting there. I'm talking these guys were bald, tattooed, long hair, everything. Like the true stereotype. And they were mad. Like I was sitting there with my dad and we were waiting for them to play Aqualung because that's because honestly, that's the only reason why I was there and they're playing all this music. I've never heard of before. Like the guys are like, Oh yeah, these are just stuff they play every now and then they'll play it. Don't worry about it. And then they come out for the, they don't play it and they go off stage and they come back and they play, you know, like the three song thing, the fans, they still don't play it. And they're just standing there like they've never not played Aqualung before. Like, they look generally upset. I was mad. My yeah. dad was yeah. upset. Well, the only reason why he goes see Jethro Tull yeah. is to watch Aqua is is to hear Aqua Lung, and you don't play it. Yeah, dumb. I feel like I said a lot of negative things about Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody in the last five minutes, so I'm going to say a positive thing. Okay, just to end that whole conversation. <laughs> um, so at the Oscars every year, they do a little segment where they introduce each film individually. Yeah, for Bohemian Rhapsody. They brought out Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. I saw that. What? Yeah. I saw that clip. And they what? were they were pretty much doing Wayne and Garth for like a minute. And yeah. then they introduced the film and they talked were, about how important amazing. it was to Wayne's world. Yeah, it was amazing. Like that was my Holy favorite part shit. of the Oscars. Um and I don't know how long they had time to practice because they didn't really like I mean they it, both get into it pretty they don't get along. Like yeah. the fact that they did it was you impressive. Can tell that they don't get along. It, they don't get along? No, Mike Myers is a dick. You should is watch. Really? <laughs> Supposedly. Oh, by the way, oh. he's also in Bohemian Rhapsody. I know. Okay, good. Like I said, there are other things going into that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay, okay, okay. okay, so hang on a second. So the fact that he's in it, you don't like the fact that he's in it? I think it's weird that I'm fine with him being in it. Okay. I think, I just think it's weird. Like that, that, that's one that I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. It's weird, but okay. Like, that's not my biggest problem with that movie. We'll get into my biggest problem with that movie after I see it 
and we talk about it around the time that the Elton John biopic comes out because that's what we're doing. Right? <laughs> When's that one coming out? Perfect. May. What? May. May? Okay. Yeah. okay. I am so excited for the Elton John biopic, though. I can't the wait. The thing is, though, I didn't even know it was him. Kristen had to tell me. Oh, yeah. It was the second time I watched the movie that she told me that it was yeah, him. Wasn't he dressed like his gong show host guy? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> ah. no. Um, he's a record producer. Yeah. And he's and he's sitting at a desk and he's doing a very light British, like Scottish um, accent. And he's wearing like aviator sunglasses and he has like a beard on his face. Yeah. I seriously didn't even recognize him. He he's very hard to recognize when he's not doing one of his characters. Like yeah. even in uh Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. What? He's hard he's in Inglorious Bastards for like a scene. He's a British general. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um I was gonna make a cat in the hat joke, but I I lost it. <laughs> I no, the that was good enough. You mentioned it. Um, that was the joke in and of itself. So, Green Book won Best Picture. So, I guess we have to talk about that next year. Um, so, I'll probably watch it for our shows next year. Oh, I'll definitely watch it for next year. Um, is, all right. So, if for you guys, is green? it as problematic as everyone says? I don't Do you know. Guys, like, are you guys just mad? I haven't seen it. I, I'm less offended by. I'm slightly less offended by the stuff Green Book's pulled than the stuff that went on behind the scenes in Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't, I don't even about know that. what kind of things he's talking about for okay. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Um, really? two of the band yeah. members were there. No, I'm not telling you. It, it has nothing to do with the band itself. Nothing I have issues with has to do with the band directly. It has to do with Brian Singer and how he should never have gotten that job. Oh, the produ- the, the director. director. Yeah. Okay. Now I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Okay. Huh. I, I don't know any of this. So I don't want to, I want to go into the movie without any of this okay. like prior knowledge, like just a fresh newborn babe. I'll, I'll just, I'll just, watch I'll, this. okay. Just, just to cleanse your palate a little bit, Devin, I'm yeah. mad that the director of Superman Returns got Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> 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 That's why I'm mad. Fair enough. That's all you need to know. All right. That's good enough. Which, um, in all fairness, even if it was the director has there's issues there. Yes, Malik is, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Like I'm, I, I'm really excited like, to watch it w- for for his performance. So I got the movie for Kristen on Valentine's Day. Okay, so on the 14th, Aww. I have seen this movie six times. Have you then? watched the Have um, you watched the full performance yet of Live Aid? I mean the they have the full thing and they they, they recreated the whole thing. For what? the movie, no, they're like in the movie. It's not the whole thing. They there's like a bonus feature that has the whole show. Yes, you watched it. I their performance. Yeah, there's yeah. there's more to it than there is in the movie. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no that's what I'm the, asking. If yeah, you okay. yeah, no, it, it's the the movie. Like, I'll I I've sat down out of the six times I've seen the movie. I've sat down and watched it four times. Okay. The other two times was me having it on for like background noise to annoy the neighbors that keep on blasting their music at night. So I like to blast yeah. the, any movie or music that I have early in the morning. Oh, speaking ah. of blasting music, uh, this goes back to an episode that hasn't actually been out yet. But do you guys see that the Lonely Island is going on tour? Are they? Yeah. You what? told me that or you messaged yeah. something about that. Yeah, I think I sent it in the group chat. Yeah, you did. So... Um, oh right they're not coming to me and i'm mad about it they live there <laughs> ah, but i don't get to see them enough they probably do you like... live in the same zip code zip it yeah my see what I friend and this is totally off topic ran into chelsea Peretti and um jordan her husband jordan and jordan peele, peele on the okay. street like a cool. block from my place and i can't be more bitter about it okay. director of get out okay and uh the secretary from brooklyn 99 okay i'm so jealous that's have you had like you've been in LA for like what a year now? Yeah, about a year. Have you had any celebrity run-ins yourself? Yeah, a couple. Yeah. Who? So I mean, first off, Romana. I mean, this is Romana, not me, but she checked in Gary Oldman and his wife into her hotel, which like, good job. Um, Oscar. Winner, I rode the Universal Studios Hollywood tram tour with Patton Oswalt, sitting like three rows behind me, which oh, was that's fun. Cool. Hang on, hang on. And then, yeah, uh, you, what's you... up? You rode what with Patton Oswalt? The Universal Studios Hollywood Tram Tour. You rode the Universal Studios Tour Tram 
with Pat yeah. Oswalt. Pat. Right. <laughs> yeah. He oh, was man. on it like everyone else was his wife and daughter. And it was amazing. <laughs> I remember back when Conan had the Tonight Show on the Universal lot. Like they would do a bit oh, where they yeah. would interrupt the tram tour. <laughs> they would just run out <laughs> of the studio and do shit. Oh, I love with that. It, and then it got canceled. Uh, so, okay. So, so Gary Oldman, Patton Oswalt. Gary Oldman, Patton, and then uh, when I was at, so I do improv at UCB here and um, next door to UCB, like by a little ways is a GameStop that Romana and I were at. And Jack Black was there buying games for his son. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. He, has a, he has a gaming channel on YouTube now. Yeah, he does. And he I feel like I saw the impetus of it. Um, I watched it happen. Go check it out. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Go watch yeah. it. Is it a Twitch thing? Like, no, I that, no. Okay, so it's just different just that. just watch it from the beginning. Each video is like maybe five minutes long. Okay. Go yeah. go through and just take an hour. Watch them all. They're all good. You'll appreciate it a lot. It's not. Yeah. We, it's not just him playing Fortnite. <laughs> 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 um, uh, Okay, cool. That, that's yeah, awesome. That yeah, good. have you seen anyone at UCB? I have seen. I know Jason. I, is, I watched. Jason have you guys seen The Good Place? Yeah, I've seen Janet from The Good Place. Oh, nice! Because she's she's huge at UCB. Like she's huge UCB person. Yeah. Um, and then I've seen. Oh, what's his name? John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. Ben Schwartz. Yeah, Ben Schwartz does oh, like, a pretty, like a pretty consistent show at UCB by my place. And I've like seen him exiting the theater. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so those are fun. And then, yeah. And then before I got on stage for the first time I ever got on stage there, I like saw like because when the theater first opened, everyone like scribbled their name on the back. So like I saw like Chelsea Peretti's name, Ben Schwartz's name, like all those people like have their names all over the back of the theater. And like, I loved it. It was like my favorite moment. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, that was. Yeah. How was your first yeah. uh, show? Oh, terrible. Like every 101 <laughs> show is. Yeah. It's awful. Romano was supportive and amazing, but it was awful. <laughs> well, one day we will make it out there to see you do improv. Hopefully. And hopefully it's not terrible because that's how improv works. Even if it is, you're just making it up. So Hell yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that does it for Shape of Water because that's what we were yeah. talking about. We got what, we, we got away from it a while ago. It's but a simple, <laughs> it's a simple film. It's a simple it con. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. complex, but it's a simple. We, we had a lot to cover. Simple. Like yeah. this we is, did. We're ending our Oscars week, so yeah. Um, tune in next week. We oh boy, do we have a treat? Uh, we're actually going to revisit a film that Ryan and I did before Devin joined the show, but it's a big one, and I feel like Devin needs to see it too. So I feel like I do. Yeah. Um, and it, it and it ties into something else so i'm excited for it um i'll probably have the same things to say yeah probably <laughs> but what's great is we did it make... so long ago that i forget what you said <laughs> so i'll probably fight you on those again you so. probably will. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so for you have to watch this podcast i'm alan i'm ryan and i'm Devin. and go fuck a fish